0: So let's get some practice with summation. And uh, for some people, this is actually one of the hardest things to do with summation. Write the following using summation notation. Now, how easy it is to do depends on what you're given. And for our first example, we have one third plus a sixth plus a ninth plus a twelfth plus all the way to, again, I'm missing my extra plus, one sixtieth. Now, we certainly don't want to try to, we could probably see the pattern, right? add 3 to the denominator each time. So if you had to add them all up, I suppose you could. Um, but we're not asking for you to find the sum. We just want to write it using summation notation. So let's see. What's the pattern? We start with 1 over 3. The next one is 1 over 6. The next one is 1 over 9. Now here's a trick that might help with some of these. You don't always want to start at 1. But on this one, let's try starting at k equals 1 here. K equals 1, you have a third. K equals 2, we have a sixth. K equals 3, we have a ninth. And in fact, I really, I I always do this, and then I say, why didn't I put it on top? So don't do what I do, do what I should do. Put the Ks on top, because on the bottom, we're going to try to rewrite these denominators somehow. Now, where did the 6 come from? That's right. A lot of people say the 6 came from taking 3 plus 3, right? And where did this 9 come from? A lot of people will say it came from the 6 plus 3. And the 12 came from the 9 plus 3. But that's not quite as helpful as saying it's really... This 6 plus 3 is really the original 3 plus another 3 plus another 3. And the 9 was the original 3, plus another 3, plus another 3, plus the final 3 for this term. So a lot of times you might hear your teachers say, don't tell me what the answer is, tell me how you got it. That's because a lot of times how you get the answer is the key to how to write any nth, or kth, or i however you want to call it, term of this sum. So we have 1 over 3, and then we have 1 over 3 plus 3, and 3 plus 3 plus 3, and 3 plus, 3 plus 3 plus 3 plus 3. So we're really looking for a way to connect which term we're at with what our denominator should be, right? Because ultimately, we want to write the sum from k. I just picked k. You could also say i or, or um, j or I suppose n, but we usually use n up here. K goes from 1 to, I'm not sure yet, actually. And then I need to know what my term is, each kth term. I know it has 1 over 3 in it. When k is 1, it's definitely 1 over 3. When k is 2, it's 1 over 3 plus 3. When k is 3, it's 1 over 3 3's added together. So it looks like when k is 4, you have 4 3's added together. So it looks like you have a 3 in the denominator, and however many 3's you have is determined by which term. If k is 1, you have a third. If k is 2, you have a sixth. If k is 3, you have a ninth. So the trick is, this is the hardest part, connecting what your term is, 1 ninth here, to which number term it is. This is the third term, and it's 1 over 9. The fourth term is 1 over 12. Sometimes it's helpful to say, what's the next term? It would be 3 more, right? 1 over 15. The fifth term is 1 over 15. 15 is 3 times 5. So it looks like our kth term, we call it, is 1 over 3k. And how far are we going? Well, now that I know my kth term is 1 over 3k, what must k be if, I've, if I end up at 1 over 60? My denominator is 3 times k. So what's k? Divide both sides by 3, k is 20. So I'm going from k equals 1 to k equals 20, 1 over 3k. So my, my uh, summation notation for this sum is k equals 1 to 20, 1 over 3k. You don't have to write the times anymore. And that would be the answer to part A. Now, this is an acquired skill. And for some people, it's a talent that they're born with. But for most of us, it's a skill. And the, the way to help yourself out is to write these k equals 1, 2, 3, 4. Keep track of which term you're at. And then look for the pattern. How does your, in this case, denominator, relate to which term you're at. Because the numerator for this one isn't changing, so we only have to worry about the denominator. All right, let's move on to the next one. Negative x minus x squared over 2 minus x cubed over 3 minus x to the fourth over 4 minus dot, dot, dot. Okay, now this one doesn't stop. Okay, I guess I can't be quite that um, obscure, can I? So um, let me. Say, if I, if I use n or k, it'll give it away. So let's go to x to the 12th over 12. And there's a minus here. And this one you might find actually easier than the first one because um, it's, it's a little more straightforward, the relationship between which term you're at and what the term is. The only thing we have to deal with that's new here, though, is how come it doesn't have pluses in between? You'll notice it's negative x minus x squared over 2 minus x cubed over 3. So we have a problem here with all these minuses. And so I would suggest, can you put one minus on the outside? Can you factor it out? Then you'll have x plus x squared over 2 plus x cubed over 3 plus x to the 4th over 4 plus dot 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 plus x to the 12th over 12. Now the only reason I was able to do it this way was because every single term was negative. So I factored the negative out. If there's even one term up here that's positive, I have a problem. So um, it's definitely because I had every term being negative here. All right, so now the negative can just hang out. It's like, you know, factoring it out. It can just stay out in front of a summation. Now here we're adding up a bunch of terms, right? And we're gonna, you can call it K, this time I'm gonna start with I equals 1 because I I want you to know it doesn't always have to be K and in fact the book and probably me in the future and I in the future will go back and forth between K and I and J. So I equals 1, 2 now, you can take a guess, but let's, before we put the ending on here, let's see if we can get the term, the, the terms in here. So every single one has an x. And sometimes it's helpful to look at the second and third terms, and then to double check that the first one follows the same pattern. x squared over 2, when k equals 2, and I'm a little cramped in here, but when k is 2, you have the term x squared over 2. And when k is 3, you have the term x cubed over 3. So when k is 4, you have x to the 4th over 4. So I'd like you to take a minute and pause and write down what you think the kth term is, or in this case, the ith term, the ith th term of this sum. So i equals 1, you have, uh, oh, look, I said k. I'm already confusing myself. These are i's. The i-th term, the second term, the third term, the fourth term. When i is 1, you have just x to the 1. When i is 2, you have x squared over 2. So the i-th term is x to the i-th power over i. Double check that it works. 1, x to the 1 over 1. 2, x squared over 2. 3, x cubed over 3. 4, x to the 4th over 4. All the way up to x to the 12th over 12. So i goes from 1 to 12. So the sum, I'm going to put it all in blue now so you can read it. The sum is negative in front, the opposite of the sum from i equals 1 to 12 of x to the i over i. And the summation notation is allowing us to add up a bunch of terms from 1 to 12, and these are what the terms look like. And notice these terms depend on what i is. And this also has an x in it. So this one has two variables. It has x, which, for our purposes, kind of acts like a constant. It's just always x. And then i is changing from 1 to 12 in a very step-by-step methodical pattern. 1, 2, 3, and so on. So there's our sum for part b. There are more of these in the homework for you to try if you get stuck. Remember, try using i equals, you know, identifying which one you're at, or k, if you prefer k. And, um, and then see if you can figure out how to relate the two things, the terms to the sum. All right, going the other way is actually a lot easier, except for the arithmetic sometimes. Evaluate the given sums. a is i equals 1 to 4, i minus 1 over i. Now, I'm not too concerned about the actual answer. If you just write out the sum of all the terms, that's OK with me, because you have fractions here, and that might not be so fun. So um, try, go ahead and pause and try this one, and then come back and check your, your work to mine. Coming back, we have i equals 1 to 4, i minus 1 over i. That means i starts at 1. So I'm going to have 1 minus 1 over i again. So that's 0 over 1. That didn't do anything, right? That's 0. Plus, i is 2 now, minus 1 over 2. That's a half. Plus, i is 3, minus 1 over 3. That's 2 thirds. Plus, my last term, I ran out of room. I stop at 4. I stop at 4. So I have 4 minus 1 over 4 which is 3 fourths. So I have 0 plus 1 half plus 2 thirds plus 3 fourths. And you may notice a pattern here. Let's see if we can zoom in on this. 0 plus 1 half plus 2 thirds plus 3 fourths. Notice that each, um, each term in the numerator and the denominator gets increased by 1. As you, as you go up in your terms. Um, and you can see why that is, if you look at the original term, just back here a little bit, i minus 1 over i. So the denominator is one more than the numerator. But then as i increases, the numerator and the denominator each increase by 1. So the sum, if you want to get a common denominator, you know, this isn't impossible, and I don't want to encourage people to think they need a calculator for this. So I could do this. The common denominator is 12. 1 half is 6 twelfths, plus 2 thirds is 8 twelfths, plus 3 fourths is 9 twelfths. So if you add these all up, you get 14 plus 9, or 23 twelfths, which is 1 and um, what's left over? 1 and 11 twelfths. Double-check, 12 times 1 is 12, plus 11 is 23. So, 1 and 11 twelfths is the sum from i equals 1 to 4 of i minus 1 over i. Alright, next we have the sum j equals 1 to n of j times j minus 2 all over 3. So, this one I'm using a different index of summation, this is called, because I don't want you to think that it only works for i or k. j equals 1 to n of j, parentheses, j minus 2 over 3. Now, this one goes to n, right? So if I go to n, that's like a bigger, harder problem, isn't it? So now I'm going to need a little more work on this. I'm going to use the linearity property. And I'm going to use the formulas that we saw in the first part, that we have written down on the board still. Now, in order to do that, I want to rewrite this term a little bit. Now, if you wanted, you could write this out starting from 1, you know, 1 times 1 minus 2 over 3, plus 2 times 2 minus 2 over 3, plus 3 times 3 minus 2 over 3. And you'll be able to get terms for each of these. But then we're going to end. So then you could say plus, dot, 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 plus, I guess I should Right, the nth term, actually I'm not going to waste space on this, it would be n times n minus 2 over 3, would be the nth term at the end of the sum. But what does that equal, the sum of all these things? There's another way to write it that's a lot more useful, just like 50-50 is a lot easier to work with, Then 1 plus 2 plus 3 plus dot, dot, dot plus 11. So I want to write the sum here, if I can, in a different way. Not all of them will be able to be written in a different way. So you're going to be getting very contrived problems in this section so that we can can actually rewrite these a different way. So now I'm going to deal with, first of all, the fact that I have 1 third in the denominator, or I have 1 third as a factor of this term, 3 in the denominator. The linearity property says if I have a constant in my summation, just like a constant uh, coefficient of negative one, just like when I was able to factor out negative one in part b, I can factor out one third from this sum. That's the linearity property. So now I'm going to have one third times the sum from j equals 1 to n of j times j minus 2. Now let's go and look at our our tools over here, our summation formulae. We have the sum of k to the first, a sum from 1 to n of k squared, and a sum from 1 to n of k cubed. I don't have anything that has k times k minus 2. So I'm going to have to rewrite that summation so that I can hopefully use one or two of these formulae. So I'm going to come back here. 1 sum j times j minus 2. I can use algebra and distribute the j's. So I'm going to do that and now I have 1 the sum j equals 1 to n j squared minus 2j. Now I'm going to use the linearity property one more time. That means I have one third times, I can break up the sum of the sum or difference, but make sure both of them get multiplied by a third. It's kind of like distributing back in. Oh, you know what? Can I take that two out as well? Instead of minus 2j, I'm going to have minus two thirds the sum of j to the first. Now this might start looking familiar. The sum of something squared, we have a formula for. And the sum of something, that's what Gauss did. 1 plus 2 plus 3 plus dot 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 2n. So we have formulas for each of these. So now it's a matter of just rewriting the summations using the formulas, which are more, um, more workable a lot of the time than these summations are. So I'm going to rewrite this as 1 third. And I'm going to go to my formula for the sum of k equals 1 to n of k squared. Now even though this is k, it doesn't matter, j is a dummy variable. So k squared from 1 to n is n times n plus 1 times 2n plus 1 over 6. So j squared is the same thing. j squared from j equals 1 to n is n times n plus 1 times 2n plus 1 all over 6. And then I have minus 2 thirds times the sum of J from J equals 1 to N. The sum of J from J equals 1 to N is that same formula that we discovered at the beginning of the section. N times N plus 1 over 2. All of, so, Sorry, N times N plus 1 all over 2. So now at this point, I can clean this up a little bit. I, I'm not going to ask you to multiply this out, even though you could. Um, you can just leave it as n times n plus one times two n plus one, but the one third times the one sixth we could write as 18th. Oops. And two thirds times a half, the twos cancel. Because this is all multiplication, I can do that, and I have one third times n times n plus one. And technically, I really don't need any more parentheses here, do I? 1 third n times n plus 1 is being subtracted from 1 times n times n plus 1 times 2n plus 1. So now you might say, well, this is messier than it was before. But now supposing someone says, okay, what is that sum if n equals 20? You can get out your calculator or do it by hand even and put 20 in everywhere you see an n here and here. So then you can get the actual sum of j squared minus 2j from uh, sorry over 3 from 1 to 20. Or if someone says, oh no no, sorry, I was wrong. I need you to add them all up to n equals 40. You say, okay, no problem. I don't have to do any that much more work. I just go back to my formula and I put 40 in here for n. 40, 40 plus 1, 40 times 2 plus 1, 81. And then same here, 40 times 41. Then make sure I do all the other arithmetic. And I have the sum of j squared minus 2j all over 3, from j equals 1 to 40 then. So it's very nice to have a formula, just like a formula for a linear equation or a quadratic equation. A formula allows you to plug in any value of n you need to get a sum up to a certain number of terms. And so we actually find this uh, more useful sometimes when we're working with sums. And in fact, we are going to need this, as you might guess, very soon in order to find exact areas between curves. And so that's what we're going to do next.